0: your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, October 5th. We are on Thursday. I am so happy about that. Gosh, I needed a Thursday just as bad as I need a Friday. My kids don't have school tomorrow, so it kind of does feel like a Friday. Um, But no, I will be here tomorrow. As I am. Five days a week. Also, reminder to those of you that are new here, if you sign up for the $10 tier on Patreon, you get access to our happy hour. Our Zoom happy hour will be tomorrow. We do once a month. Once every three weeks, it kind of turns into. um, And it will start. At around 515 Pacific time. It will be on zoom. Bring your favorite drink, cocktail, wine, tea, whatever you want. Come on over. Say hi. We're going to, I'm going to try to do things a little bit differently. We'll talk gossip. We'll meet each other, but we're going to have a lot of fun. Okay. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, and thank you so much for the new subscribers and for liking the show. The, the reviews that I'm getting on the podcast app just blow me away every single time. That is so appreciated uh, beyond you don't even know. I have some really exciting announcements coming up very soon. <clears throat> I will share this uh, official soon. But if you are in Los Angeles on November 19th, that will be good. That's all I'll say right now. I understand it's a weird time. It's right before Thanksgiving, but if you're in Los Angeles on November 19th, we will chat. Okay. More to come. So today on today's show, we're going to talk about all kinds of things. We're going to talk about Tom Sandoval's new podcast episode because I got a lot of DMs about it, got a lot of notes from you guys. And then I decided to listen to a strong, a large portion of it this morning um, because I wanted to, you know, make sure that we were, uh, you know, getting all the tea, which we did. There was some good tea. Then we're going to talk about um, Sai from Roni and some gossip that's happening around Cy. There's a lot of stuff happening. And then finally, we will get into Real Housewives of OC Reunion, part one that aired last night. Lots of thoughts, lots of things going on in my brain about it. I don't know about you guys, but as you guys come on in here, make sure to say hi. Of course, I go live on TikTok every single day when I do the show at around 11 a.m. Pacific time, if you're wondering how to catch me over there. Okay. Tom Sandoval shocked us all by having Jerry O'Connell as his guest today on his second episode of his podcast, Everybody Loves Tom. He posted this kind of blurry picture of it yesterday, and a lot of people immediately were saying, oh my gosh, it's Carl. And shout out to my doser, who's also a Bravo account. Her name is her name is actually Dana, but um, spelled the same way as mine, of course. And her account is called Brunch and Bravo. She sent me a message about it yesterday. And she goes, oh my gosh, do you think it's Carl? So I posted about it on my stories. I immediately got like a bunch of DMs saying, no, no, that's not Carl. It can't be Carl. It's probably, I think it's Tyler Cameron. Okay. So I don't know a thing about The Bachelor. Really, honestly, I'm not a Bachelor fan. I know old school Bachelor. I don't know the last like six seasons or eight seasons or 46 seasons. I don't even know where we are in the process. I, I like The Golden Bachelor. You guys know that? Me and is it Gary or Jerry? I think it's Gary spelled like Jerry. And as Adonna spelled Dana, I feel for him. Um, I'm a big fan of the golden bachelor so far, but that's on tonight, I think, but I am not a bachelor person. So Tyler Cameron to me is like, it doesn't matter to me. I know he was on watch what happens live. I know he was on, um, special forces with Tom Sandoval, but it wasn't Tyler Cameron. I think everyone was very surprised to see it was Jerry O'Connell. Now, Jerry O'Connell, you guys know him as an actor. He's been around forever. Shout out to Stand by Me. Do you guys remember when he was in that movie when we were kids? He was the chubby one out of the four of them. Um, he was uh, highly like regarded just as an actor until he got a little bit older, and then he became Rebecca Romaine. I will always call her Rebecca Romaine Stamos. I mean, she will always be John Stamos' wife in my brain, but I guess it's Rebecca Romaine and Rebecca Romaine's husband. Uh, and they have two daughters together, and he's on, I want to say he's on the talk the show the talk and he's also a very big bravo fan. So he's one of the other straight guys that is always in that bravo uni- universe and friends at the Andy Cohen and on watch what happens live. So he's on there. Um who else would be like the straight guys? Michael Rappaport is always on there. I don't know who else. But anyway, Jerry O'Connell. I like Jerry O'Connell. I don't I don't like have any strong feelings about him either way. But the reason why he was on Tom Sandoval's show today and he said that right at the beginning of the show is that Tom Sandoval had two guests that fell out. Tom Schwartz was supposed to do the show and isn't. And then another guy or couldn't. And then another guy did it and couldn't. And so I guess they called Jerry O'Connell who says, I only live a few exits away. So he lives obviously in the Valley near Burbank, wherever that is. Um, maybe studio city, Sherman Oaks, who knows? And they called him in to do the do the show 60 90 minutes before the show had to be shot and he said yes. He explains in the beginning of the show, I was not proud of myself talking badly about you because if you guys remember when Tom announced everybody loves Tom, he had this really big um what's it called? uh trailer like the commercial, the promo for his podcast which we thought was genius or I thought it was genius. And the one of them was all this compilation of all these huge celebrities talking shit to Tom and about Tom. And, um, and he ended up having Jerry O'Connell as one of them saying, Tom Sandoval is not a man. So Jerry said he felt like shit. And he's like, I don't talk like that, which by the way, I'm sure he does, but I don't talk like that on TV shows. And I think what happened was he explained, it was right after, it was the first live show back um, after Scandival came out. If you guys can only just like rewind the tape until March or to March, 2023, when Scandival came out, it was so crazy. It was so over the top. Um... Uh, hate, like the, the vitriol towards Tom, we were all on board, right? Not one person that I remember was like saying, oh, leave him alone. I mean, it was, it was one of the craziest kind of scandals that Bravo had ever had. And we were so invested. I remember that first weekend of Scandaval talk, like I could not get enough. It was crazy. So if that's the case for any of you guys, you understand why Jerry spoke like that. Now, Jerry mentioned a couple of things. Number one, I will say over the top, you know I didn't like the first episode. I was very clear about that. It got better, and I would highly recommend giving it a shot. And the reason why it got better was because Jerry O'Connell is an actual podcast guest. Kyle Chan, who is their jewelry designer, and he's like a featured guy on Vanderpump because he's friends with all these people he's not a podcast person. He doesn't speak for a living on podcasts. He's not a media-trained guy. Jerry O'Connell is as media-trained as you can get. And that's why sometimes when you have podcast guests, I can speak for myself, when sometimes I have a guest that's not By nature, a good speaker or a podcaster, it is a very, very uncomfortable interview. It feels like you're pulling like strings to get anything out of them. So you have Tom, who's not a natural podcaster, and then you had Kyle Chan and then Tom's producer buddy. These are three people that have never been the star of a podcast. It didn't work. Jerry O'Connell gave it a little bit more life. That being said, it did feel like Jerry O'Connell was almost interviewing Tom. There was a lot of that kind of dynamic, but that's okay. So here's a couple of takeaways that I thought were really interesting so you guys don't have to listen. Um, so Tom Sandoval, Jerry, Jerry O'Connell said, it was not easy for me to say yes to the show. I offered it as an, as an option for you if you ever needed a guest, but now that I'm doing it, I am a little bit scared. He said, I am scared because it – doing your show, Tom, honestly makes it look like I am agreeing with your behavior. I am aligning with your choices. And that is not the case. And Tom Sandoval totally heard him and said, I get it. I get it. And I understand that you would feel that way. And I'm so sorry that, you know, but I don't feel like that is what this is. I think that this is just an open conversation. Then Jerry O'Connell said, the couple friends that I spoke to on my way over here to do this podcast mentioned one thing and one thing only. Why doesn't he feel more remorse? Meaning Tom. Why doesn't Tom Sandoval feel more remorse? So let's get into that. Tom, because today's apology, today's Today's episode should be called I'm sorry. It shouldn't be so hard to say because we that's like the running theme of this entire episode. Tom basically said, "I don't know what to do. I have apologized. I am so sorry I fucked up. I did something wrong. I really went about it the wrong way. I hurt someone. I have apologized, but the problem is I can cry and they're crocodile tears. I cannot cry, and it looks like I don't care. I can get on my knees and apologize, and it looks overdramatic. I can stand up and apologize, and it looks like I'm not giving it enough of an apology. I am so sorry, but unfortunately, I don't think some people are ready to hear my apology. Guys, you can't get better than that for an apology. You cannot get better than that, which is hands up, I fucked up. I am taking accountability. I am so so sorry, but at the end of the day, I can't make. It. I'm going to be Bethany now. I can, I can say I can, wait, I can say it, but I can't understand it for you. That's exactly what it is. He can say I'm sorry, but ultimately he can't make you. And when I say you, a listener, a fan, a follower, a Vanderpump, pumper, a Bravo creator, whatever, he can't make you feel like hear the apology and accept the apology. There's a difference between apologizing and someone accepting the apology. And right now, at least on Tom's side of the street, he has apologized. And I am totally, totally giving him credit for that. That's all you need from someone when they fuck up. We have seen this time and time again. The idea of not being able to apologize, <clears throat> Shannon Bedore, it will not work, Right. Okay. That being said, Tom, um, you know, he talked a little bit more about his experience and how hard it's been. It's like, okay, Tom, we've heard it, but he did say one thing I would have done. He goes, uh, Jerry said something along the lines of what would you have done different? And Tom goes, I will never, I should have never hooked up with Rachel. I should have never done that. Not once. I should have never kept my relationship going waiting for this perfect breakup. I should have just pulled the band-aid or ripped the band-aid and broken up with her. I feel like what happened was he said I feel like I was trying so hard to do it differently than Tom and um than Schwartz and Katie and I wanted it to be a healthier breakup and so I was kind of hoping and and waiting and seeing, you know, trying to make sure that this was done in a better way. And obviously I screwed up. Um, He said, I will never, ever, ever do that again. I will never intentionally go out of my way so that I hurt people like that. I will obviously do everything in my power so that I never hurt anyone the way I hurt them. Um, I believe him, by the way. I don't think you can go through what he's gone through and make that same mistake again. If If he didn't get caught, I think he could have made the mistake again. But now having gone through that public, like, persecution. Um, And then a final thing that he said that I think was interesting was like there was some good stuff that came out of it. For example, I was living an insanely unhealthy life. I was living a lie. I was drinking morning through night. I was chain smoking cigarettes from morning through night. I was so unhappy. I was literally living a short life. Like those lives are not long-lived lives. And so because of that, this forced me to get into a better, healthier lifestyle. I'm not smoking. I'm not drinking. I'm this, I'm that. I don't know if that will be forever, but right now he's not. And gosh, you guys, we all know how hard that is to quit smoking, to stop drinking when that is really what your life is kind of based around. I have to say he's better off now health-wise for sure. For sure. Um, He said one thing that was so sad, you guys. He said that his own brother – asked him to untag him from his social media feeds because he said his own brother was getting hate for just being related to Tom. That really sucks. Like that sucks. There is there is a possibility in life that you can see someone fucking up and also feeling sympathy and empathy for what they're going through or whatever. So that's where I stand um, my nose is running from these awful allergies. Jeez. Okay. Um, at one point in the podcast, he did say he wished Rachel happy birthday because he fucking misses her. He said, I fucking miss her. I think from what we heard from last week's episode and from today, I think Tom Sandoval was highly in love with Rachel. I do. And I think it really hurt his feelings when Rachel said on Bethany's podcast, I didn't ever love him. I think he actually was like really hurt by that. I think he was in love with Rachel. Um, Okay. We'll move on from that. I do think it's a better episode. I do think it was, it was not as um, awkward and okay, we'll see. We'll see. It was lit better too, in my opinion. So good job, Tom. Let's move on to Sai. Sai from Real Housewives of New York. I would like to know in the comments right now, are we a fan of Sai? Do, 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 My guess is that you are not a fan. I have not met one person that says, I'm obsessed with her. Oh, okay. I do see one, yes. Um, I do get some DMs when I talk about Sai that say, I love her in her Instagram. I've been following her for years, and what we're seeing is not who she is. I would beg to offer a different opinion on that. Instagram and social media is our produced version of us, right? I am showing you on my YouTube right now, on my Instagram, my TikTok, anywhere you see me, I show you what I want to show you. What you're seeing on a reality show is actually maybe more of who a person is than what you're seeing on their social media. So just keep that open in your mind. Um, I do understand that a lot of people play stuff up for cameras. You know, shout out Bethany in the machine. But what we're seeing on the show does, in fact, show her personality in multiple times. Like, we're not seeing one bad day, right? Like, Uba. Uba had that one day in Anguilla. Is that how you say it? Anguilla or Anguilla? Anguilla. Uba had that one day in Anguilla where she really reacted, I think, poorly about the phone prank. But that is so not what we've seen episode in, episode out. So I really like Uba still because If that was her personality every single time and every episode, I would not like her because I would feel like she was a mean girl. I think Uba was highly triggered in that episode. We're going to learn more, I guess, in the reunion. But I like Uba for the most part because you look at it as a whole. Everyone's allowed a bad day. If you guys would have seen me yesterday morning, oh my God, I had such a bad morning yesterday. I had, I've had I had a really tough week. I kind of mentioned it yesterday a little bit, but I had such a tough morning yesterday with my kids. And when I went to F45, um, which is my workout, my girl, Natalie, my trainer, shout out, she's a doser. She looked at me and she goes, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, why? And she goes, I can just see it on your face. Like, are you, is everything okay? And I'm like, I had a really tough parenting day, like a really, really tough. And I almost started crying just saying it to her, but I was like, I don't want to talk about it. I just got to work out. But in, I'm normally like chatterbox, you know, girl at my workouts. I love to laugh. I love to chat with people. I have so much fun. And yesterday I was just in such a funk – That if you would have seen me for the first time, like just say you're a fan of my show and you randomly happened to be at my F45 and you saw me, you'd be like, wow, she's a bitch because I wasn't looking at anyone. I wasn't talking to anyone. I was really just like in my own head about it. But that doesn't mean I'm a bitch every day, right? So that's the thing. It's like we have to look at it as a whole. Every episode you're going to see bad behavior from some housewives, but we have to think about it as a whole in general, like almost like this the average, right? Who's their normal, thank you guys, who's their normal like behavior? What's their baseline behavior? And then we can say, okay, they had a really bad day or they had a really drunk night or they had, they made a bad decision, you know? Okay. So let's talk about Psy. The problem with Psy, in my opinion, is that Psy is, oh, I like that. Uh, read up on it, says, as Kelly Catrone says, we're allowed to have 10 bad days a year. Oh, shit. How many more days do we have this year? (laughs) I think I'm at nine. Um, I'll work on it. So Sai has been five days. Thanks, Siri. (laughs) Sai has been overall the definition of hangry, right? We have seen her on the show from day one. Now, I will say this off the bat. I think Sai is Watchable. I think she's beautiful. I think she has a cute energy. I think she has a cool style. I think her apartment looks – or her townhome, I don't know exactly how you call it. Um, in Brooklyn, it looks beautiful. I think her kids are adorable. I think her husband is hot. Like there's – I don't have like only negative th- things to say about Sai. I think she looks like she's got her shit together in a lot of ways, but her personality – a lot of times on the show, is exactly how you would define the word hangry. Hungry, angry. She's always hungry, and she says it all the time, and that's partially editing, but that's also partially because she's saying it all the time. And then she's angry. I don't know if it's because she's hungry or just because she's angry, but she's a pretty big negative Force on the show. She doesn't usually like to bring light and levity to the situations. And you need people to have that side where it's like, I'm in a shitty mood maybe one time, one day, this one conversation, but then another, oh my God, that is the best comment. Cy needs to be in a Snickers commercial. Oh my God, satisfy your hunger. Yes, that would be a genius uh, pairing. So she needs to have conversations like that show a positive bright side as well. But she is a shit stirrer. She is an angry person on the show, I'm saying. Now, the one thing that has really kind of irked a lot of fans and what I'm seeing on your guys' social media, on TikTok, on comments, on Facebook, whatever, I'm seeing you guys say that Cy has this like horrible thing against Jessel. Now, I started the show, Jessel Two people that I can talk about today, who whose opinions I've completely changed on over the season: Jessel on um, Roni and Gina on OC. And I'll explain OC in just a moment. But Jessel started this series or this season like so unaware. The whole green lingerie episode. Oh my god! I was like, she sucks. She's so annoying. She's so hard to deal with. She's so unaware. And now I really like Jessel. I don't know if it's an editing thing. I don't know if we just kind of got to know her as a person and we don't take her as seriously. I like her kind of way of making fun of herself. I think she's stunning. I like her relationship with her husband. Not sure if Pavit loves her, but I like their little dynamic. Um, And I feel for Jessel for getting so shat on for just trying to open up because for whatever reason, this is the season of who has had the worst childhood. The, that's that's the season theme of Roni is like who has had it tougher? Well, Jenna was called, um, you know, vagina or whatever, <laughs> genitalia, genitalia. That's what she was called. Aaron, you know, struggled in. I don't even know how Aaron struggled. I don't even think Aaron had a struggle. But Si had a struggle with her mom, and then Jessel has a struggle because you know she grew up not wealthy. Apparently, from what she's saying, it's like who cares. All that matters is right now. Your childhood is not who you are today. And opening up about your childhood, whether you not want to be really open about it or just a little bit open, should not vilify you. Like a lot of people have very traumatic things from their childhood and they don't want to talk about it. Why are people so mad at Jessel? We may be not seeing the whole story, of course, but I don't get it. It's confusing to me. Oh yeah, Bryn also has had a very challenging childhood. I mean, Uba eats a lot of bananas. <laughs> like, it's the weird I don't know. It's a strange strange show. That being said, Sai is so mad at Jessel and calls Jessel a liar and calls Jessel closed off and Sai is a bitch to Jessel and we see it even happening next week. So, Sai You know, Sai has had a lot of people out for blood. And that's the problem. When you are not a liked housewife, people out there, these Bravo fans are wild. They are wild and they will not let it go. They will find stuff until the end of you to make sure, like, what are you holding from us? What are you not telling us? And so I was on a Twitter account yesterday. Actually, shout out Aliza. She sent me a tweet and it was from, um, this one account, basically it was a screenshot of a Reddit thread from Bravo Real Housewives. And it basically said from this one person said, um, I have gotten more and more curious about Sai. So just to get you guys back, a few days ago, and I really wasn't going to talk about this at all on the show because I don't like taking one person's random you know, account of an affair on Twitter as a story. But there was a tweet that went around on Sunday night or Sunday day that went really kind of viral. And it basically said, along the lines of Hey, Jessel, next time you see Sai, ask her how she ended up stealing her husband from his ex wife while she was pregnant. When, when Sai, when you were working at his bar. So, of course, this this tweet goes viral. People are posting it all over their stories. I'm not going to talk about it because – I wasn't going to talk about it because, like I said, I can write that tweet in two seconds about anyone. That's not a story. We need to get a little bit more dirt. But I guess these Reddit people have gotten a little bit more dirt. So this one girl says – um, I got more curious regarding Sai and her relationship with David and decided to check out her vlogs. So, Sai is an influencer and she was a influencer way before the show. So, I, apparently, she has all these vlogs. I don't know if they're on YouTube or whatever. But this, this um, Reddit thread says if you missed out after giving Jessel grief for not being honest about her life, that's on this week's episode of Rony, someone tagged Jessel on IG. Well, it was really. Twitter stating that she should ask Sai about her life. The commenter alleged that Sai was bartending at David's bar when they met. David was married to someone else. Sai became pregnant and he left his wife for Sai. All alleged, nothing confirmed. So this person decided, I guess, bored at their work or whatever, decided to go through and try to figure out some information. So Redditors here noted that while Bravo officially states that David and Sai were married in 2009, public records show a 2017 date for their wedding. Hmm. We know their first kid was born in 2013, the second in 2017. Then another user posted some snark comments regarding Sai and David from LSA. What is LSA? I'm trying to figure that out. Basically, more talk of how Sai's story about David doesn't add up. Anyway, in one of her vlogs, a Q&A from 2021, Sai mentions that she and David have only been married for four years. So that's the 2017 date is confirmed at that point. But together for a total of 13. So they started dating in 2008. She states they didn't marry until after the birth of her second child. She then states that for the first eight years of their relationship, That means while they had their daughter, they didn't share a home. She says he lived in Montreal at the time and would travel down to New York City to be with her for one week on, one week off. She enjoyed it because she's very independent. I think I would too, actually. Um, and then she says, well, then this person says, this means that according to the horse's mouth, Cy and David did not live together and he wasn't a full-time New Yorker until 2016 when their daughter was three and they were probably pregnant with their son. What would stop a man from living in the same country as the woman he loves and has a child with? Probably a pre existing wife and home. Just saying. So Redditors are out there. Bravo detectives are on this. If this Oh, I'm going to answer that really fast. If this is true, someone just said, who cares about the status of size relationship? I'm with you. I don't give a crap unless you're going after other people for being liars and you're not telling the truth. See, that's the biggest overarching issue we have on all of these shows and with the talent involved is hypocrisy. So if you are not giving a crap about Jessel's marriage and Jessel's childhood, and you're not giving her a hard time because she is telling the truth or not or whatever, then I don't think anyone's going to have a bone to pick with you. The second you start to go deep into someone's like, why are you, why are you lying to me? Tell me more. You're not giving me the whole thing. People are going to start to give you a hard time. So that's what I think. Okay, so I will say another thing. Bryce Sander, I want to say he's from Entertainment Weekly. I could be wrong. I'm so sorry if I am. Bryce Sander is an entertainment journalist. He just posted um, a reel where he was interviewing Cy, and she does agree that it's annoying to hear her say she's hungry in every episode. She's kind of surprised that that, la- that was in the entire show. Um, but then when he asked her about Jessel, if- he said something along the lines of, would you change your approach to the Jessel story? and he- And she said, No, because I lived it. I lived it and I was just being honest is what she said. Which being honest, this is the trickiest thing with housewives. I was just being honest. Being honest is not an excuse for being a horrible human being, right? If I am saying something really mean, even if it's honest to me, because that's another thing. It's all objective, right? Subjective? It's all subjective. So she was not guilty. She didn't feel guilty at all in this interview that she did with this Bryce guy. She was like, this is who I am. This is what was supposed to happen. So whatever. It makes good TV. At the end of the day, you guys, a lot of you are saying she can't come back next season. Well, maybe she needs to come back next season because without Cy, what do we got? You want to watch the show without, without a little bit of conflict Real Housewives are built on conflict. Without, without Cy, then the only conflict we had was about Aaron and the phone with, with Uba, which is not really conflict. It's kind of boring. Yes, it's boring. It is actually a boring show. Let's be honest. I will give it more chances, and we will all, I think, continue to tune in because most Housewives first seasons suck. It's very rare. Even Salt Lake City. I remember watching Salt Lake City season one. I started the first couple of episodes. I was so into it. And then I turned it off after like episode three. I was bored out of my mind. And then I got back into it uh, eventually down the line. This happens a lot with first season housewives. So we'll see what happens. All right. Let's move on. OC. Real Housewives of OC reunion. Part one aired last night. I said it to TikTok earlier. I do not have notes on this one. I don't know why. I just decided to watch it because I told you guys yesterday was an awfully hard day for me. And I was alone all night and I was playing a game with my kids, a card game on the floor. And it was 930 and I was like, I've got to watch the reunion. And I watched it. And here's my takeaways off the bat. Number one, the set was bomb. I loved it. I thought that like Cool. It reminded me a little of that new, um, the Sphere in Las Vegas. Have you seen that really cool venue where it's like a screen and it looks like you're in a place? It reminds me of my VR Oculus when I am playing that like workout game Supernatural. It puts you in like the desert or on a ocean somewhere. It's so cool and it really feels like you're there. I loved it. The women, for the most part, looked unbelievable. I will be honest. I think Emily looks great. And remember, I just saw her on Saturday and she looks half of that size. So she's so slim in real life. Um, but she looks pretty. I'm going to skip over Shannon for just a second. Tamara's color is pink. I think she looks gorgeous. She does have a lot of hair, but I, Oh, sorry, but she's gorgeous. Um, Heather is gorgeous, gorgeous. And, um, looked beautiful in her black, uh, Gina's dress is not my style. Gina's outfits are never really my style, but I think she's, she looked really pretty. And I didn't really love Jen's dress. I didn't really love Jen's look. I've seen Jen look prettier in the show. I think Jen's a beautiful woman. I didn't love like the hair situation and the big boxy sleeves, but in general, I thought they all looked very pretty. Shannon, oh, Shannon, Shannon's face looked great. I didn't like the dress. And honestly, she looked like a lion. Why and who and what told her that she should wear Teresa's hair to the reunion. It did not make any sense. It was real bad. It didn't work. It didn't, it was too much. It was not even a well-fitted dress. Oh, storm. I'm not saying that, but you can. Um, it did not, it did not work. For me, it did not work. Oh, you were getting Erica Jane hair vibes. Yeah, it was a little bit like Vegasy. It was too much. It was too showy. I like the understated that's why like at least the Roni reunion looks just like just like pretty just understated and pretty so the first big conversation that happens in the show is between Jen and Tamra which really was like the crux of the season was between Jen and Tamra Jen is new, of course, on the show. I've told you, I've heard from multiple people who know Ryan or know of Ryan, her boyfriend, in the OC area, that these rumors are true. He is a player. He's definitely not like good old wholesome man in any way. That being said, we've talked about this before. Jen is owning it. She's owning it. She's accepting it. And it is unbelievable how badly Tamra wants to ruin it. It's confusing. It almost feels, and you guys, I'm I'm not um playing, I don't do the two T's in a pod, you know, playing my favorites. I tell you guys what I think. I really like Tamara in person over DM. I really like her. Okay. I like Tamara a lot. I think she comes off awful on OC. Awful. Awful. Now, is this the TV Tamara? I think so cuz I don't think she could be like that in real life and get away with it. Like her obsession with taking Jen down in the guise of I'm trying to protect you from this is on another one. And it never ends. She keeps saying I'm sorry and then doubles down. And her first reaction was like I don't know why I said it. I don't know why I did that. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then the first time that Jen comes back and says, "Are we friends or are we not?" Like what are we? And Tamara goes, you tell me, what are we? And Jen goes, I was your effing friend. I was your effing friend, but you are a shitty friend. Which I think we can all agree. In this show, Tamara looks like awfully like a bad friend in many ways. And then Tamara immediately goes from like, you're right. I don't know why I did that. I'm sorry. Immediately goes to, well, you're a fucking cheater. It's like, there's no filter there. She was trying to be like, I'm sorry, you're right. I don't know why I cared so much. I'm sorry. And then like, it's, she's too easily triggered by getting, it's like the defense mechanism of someone calling her something. A lot of you guys are saying, well, what about this whole past experience that she had with Eddie when she got together with Eddie? Isn't it the same as what happened with Ryan and Jen? So a few years ago, there was a video that just popped up on my feed on Instagram. I shared it in my my stories. It was a reunion a few years ago. Heather Dubrow was on the show, Tamra, Vicky. I have no idea what season that was. They definitely had different faces. Not Heather, but Vicky and Tamra both had very different faces and like very matronly hair. And in this part of the reunion was Vicky basically calling out Tamra for saying she's she's a cheater. Cheat, she was cheating on Simon with Eddie. And then Eddie goes um, – or Tamara goes, that's not true. What? How could you say that? And then she threw Vicky under the bus about waking up with a naked guy in Mexico or something. It was the craziest scene I've ever seen. And shocking that Vicky and Tamara and Shannon are all friends after the things that they've said about each other. It is shocking. Okay, so Tamara, Tamara is now alleging that, you know, it's different. She was separated. Jen didn't. She ruined her family. Look, do I believe that people should be, you know, cheating on each other? Absolutely not. But I don't believe that you should stick in an unhappy marriage for your children. And so this whole idea of you ruin your family, you ruin your family, you ruin your family. It's really, really, uh, it, it doesn't really actually connect. She said that she was sleeping in a separate bed from her husband for two years or however long. And then she fostered kids because she wasn't getting the love from her husband. Two wrongs are not like just because she cheated doesn't mean she's a bad mother. I actually think she's a really nice mother. She seems like a really good person. She seems like a sweet person and she seems to know her boyfriend for who he is and accept it for who he is. And that's okay. And I am totally, completely on board with that. And I am team Jen on this one. Tamara looks really ridiculous for doing that. Tamara and Shannon had a very, very rough beginning of the season. They had just come off this massive fight, which is why it's so confusing when you get into the show all of a sudden and you realize, like, we are – now best friends at the end of the season. We're doing Trace Amigos. You see these old scenes between Tamara and Vicky calling each other whores and, and cheating and like, oh, you woke up in the, sleep, in, in the bed and next to another guy. And now we're doing Trace Amigos. It kind of reminds you, like, what are we actually watching here? These are not real friends. Like the only people on the OC reunion last night who I could say are truly real friends, I think are Gina and, Chan- and Emily. I think those are the two ones that you can truly say are friends through the end. But the other ones are just not it. They're just not it. They're not friends. They're not good friends to each other. That's for sure. And even Andy asked Shannon and Tamara, what is your relationship like now? And it was weird. It wasn't like, remember, they just shot this like two months ago or a month ago, whatever. It wasn't like, oh, we love each other. I mean, at this time they're doing Trace Amigos. Me because it was like, we're good hmm I mean, we have our ups and downs. We're like sisters. That to me felt like um, maybe we've got a little bit of a not such a great relationship. This is 10 days before Shannon's arrest, by the way. So it's very, very interesting. Next, um, the next big thing, of course, was between Heather and Tamara. And I agree with Heather on this one. She said, Tamara, you were coming after me on every single episode. And it was true. And it's because Tamara did finally open up a little bit that she was feeling hurt from a couple comments that Heather was saying on her podcast before the season started, that she almost was getting off that Tamara was not on the show, et cetera. Tamara came back into that show with a little bit of a vendetta. And it's unfortunate to say. I wish Tamara could have just let leaned into just being Tamara. Because... You don't have to come onto the Housewives with like a major bone to pick if you're just you, if you are a character like Tamara, right? Bethany is an example of someone that came back and didn't need to come back swinging. She just came back as Bethany. Tamara could have been the same. As long as you're a character that people want to watch and want to see, it doesn't matter. You don't have to get into the drama. Like Vicky, I'm sorry. Vicky to me is a watchable want to see housewife. I know a lot of you guys hate her, but when she came back on the show, she didn't have to immediately get into crazy drama to be relevant. She just was Vicky. So that's what I would have done if I were Tamara. I do think she came in swinging and it did not make her look good. I don't think Tamara is a fan favorite right now and that sucks for Tamara. But, you know, these these actions have consequences on these shows. Um, it was like hard to watch. It was, felt dark. It felt like mm, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you and I'm going to get you. Now, Emily, someone I normally really like, came off so, so incredibly, like, tough on this reunion. She hates Heather. Don't understand it. I really don't understand it. She's she's, It's like she needed to be involved in the fight. It's almost like with Emily, sometimes I do get a feeling of that she's like, I need to be way more invested and involved here or they're going to forget about me. And I don't have my own personal drama, so I'm gonna create dramas. That is my gut feeling of what Emily's doing, and I don't love it. I don't love it. Taylor comes on, oh my gosh, you guys, Taylor. I'm not a huge fan. I'm really not. I really don't understand the obsession over Taylor from those of you those people that are. I don't see what she brings to the show. She actually drives me a little nuts um. I don't want to say anything mean, but the colors, I mean, it was like, it was a lot. It was a lot. And she came on and then she decided to do this whole diatribe against Heather about like, you called me anti-woman. I don't know. I mean, to be honest, it was a little bit demeaning for Taylor to think that Heather Dubrow was going to do this like random independent movie in, in Oklahoma no agent was calling, no producer was calling, no offer was out. She was going to have to Interview and audition for it. I don't know if you guys maybe just don't know the way the industry works, those of you that don't see the problem here. But if you are someone who is an established series regular, I don't care if you've taken a few years off and she has taken a few years off, and it's clearly a major insecurity for Heather. But if you are someone that has an established a series regular and you look amazing and you're on TV and have a very popular podcast, so it's not like how no one knows who you are or how you look anymore, so they need to pre read you or like read you before. For the most part, you're going straight to like an offer for a small little indie film in Oklahoma. I'm sorry. It's just like, it's the way it is. And also an actress that's not even an actress, Taylor is not giving you the offer. Your agent is calling you. Their agent is calling them. The producers are calling. This was really weird. So I would have been Heather's I would have acted the way Heather would have. If someone came over to me and said like, hey Donna, we're doing this podcast in Oklahoma and it would be great if you could do it. If you could like get over there and just like, you know, maybe be like on one segment of this podcast. Like that's, it's like an unknown podcast. I've never heard of it. I have no idea who it is. And it's like by some random creator out there. I would be like, oh, okay. Like that sounds cute, whatever, fun. Um, She's like, I'll wait for the call from my, my team. It just doesn't make sense. Ray says, first of all, you do it. Maybe I would do it. Not go to Oklahoma though. I would do it over Zoom. That's true. I actually probably would do it. I do it all. Um, I don't say no. Very easy. So then um, let's keep going. So then I felt bad for Heather on this. She really just got the short end of the stick. It's true. They attacked her about the house sale. Why? Makes no sense. They were upset about it. She's like, I was going to tell you guys, but none of you guys would have been happy for us. And Shannon's like, would anyone here not be happy for you? And Heather's like, yeah. I mean, none of you guys really cared. You guys just kind of like knocked it off. And it's true. What did we think that all of a sudden the girls were going to be like, Sold your house for 55 million. Let's have a party. Never one, no one acts that way about anything for you. If I sold my house for one million or that seven thousand million, that's not a real number, but whatever. My friends wouldn't be happy for me. They would have been like, that's amazing. Okay, cool. Move on. Like they wouldn't throw a party. The only people that are happy for anyone selling their house is are the people making the money. Let's be freaking honest. Like, or the real estate agent that has something to do with the deal. So I don't understand this whole idea of like you should have been happy for me. I don't think like, I think you're giving your friends way too much credit. I think people are just not that invested in other people's like financial gains. I really don't. Um, So anyway, but yes, I agree, Catherine. Why on earth would she want to share anything with them? They were a pack of wolves going after Heather every single episode of the season. It was not a safe space. I would never want to go and share good news with anyone like that either. Um, But then, of course, we have to wrap it up by talking about the biggest feud of the reunion and the most shocking part of it, which was Shannon the Lion against Gina. And... I've never seen anything like this. You guys, what was the theme of the episode is called Please Learn How to Say I'm Sorry. Um, The I'm Sorry episode, Shannon, needs to take a massive course in humility, in accountability, and in apology because this woman is literally unbelievable to watch, to see it like we saw it on the show. To give you guys a recap, four and a half years ago – Gina got a DUI. We all know this. We all watched it on the show. In the morning, Gina was apparently going to be arrested at eight in the morning with her kids. I don't know the details. Shannon apparently gave Gina a phone number of someone to call a DA of some sort who was going to help Gina out of the situation so that she didn't get arrested, but she could turn herself in, which then saved the embarrassment and the trauma of her kids seeing that, I guess that's the story. Either way, very nice of Shannon to do. But what Gina said was, you did one nice thing for me four and a half years ago, and you have weaponized it me. You have used it to weaponize me ever, or weaponized it ever since that. Because now, and we all know those people, I do one nice thing for you. And because of that, I should be treated like a queen. I should be treated like, you know, it's the people that do charity work and make sure that it's known. It's the people that have to story or Instagram or TikTok, <clears throat> Bethany, every single time you do something nice, like give makeup to Consuela, it's really, really, it's those kinds of people. The, need, the needed to be, the people that need to be applauded always for their nice acts of service. And I get it. There is something nice about people knowing that you do good things. But at the end of the day, I think when people are good people... That's who they are. Yeah, that's a really good point. Janie says, like Bethany held helping Luann over her head always, right? Remember that during the reunion when Luann had to go into rehab and she wasn't going to be paid for the reunion because you get paid to go to the reunion. It's an episode of TV and she wasn't going to be paid. And I guess Bethany helped get Luann to rehab, get it paid for by Bravo, whatever. But we've heard about it ever since then. So, Shannon has used this against Gina. We did see the episode where Shannon was probably drunk as a skunk at her tequila party, of all things, after she had been fighting with everyone under the sun, um, talking about Gina and CPS and her children. It was so uncalled for. It was so wrong. Now, the next day or whenever, they're at a pumpkin patch. They're at Tanaka Farms, and they're carving pumpkins. And Jen brings up, like a good housewife, State Farm is there, Jen brings it up, and she says. You know, she you brought something up about CPS last night and she mentions it to Gina. And Gina's like, "Wait, what?" And Shannon completely blacked out from the night before has no memory of this, has no memory of saying this that she apparently said all of these things about CPS and and instead of Shannon saying, "I did. Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry." Her first reaction is like By the grace of God, so help me, God, strike me to death. Like some crazy, like insane announcement of like how her life is over if she doesn't, you know, whatever. So she says, I do not remember saying it. I would never have said it. I could never say it. And she got really pissed off at Jen for even bringing it up. I never really, I don't remember seeing on the episode that Shannon like conceded and said, Oh my gosh, did I say that? I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. I didn't mean to say that. You guys tell me if that happened, but I did not see that episode. I did not remember seeing that part of the episode where Shannon took full accountability and responsibility and felt really, really bad. But last night on the reunion, when Gina said, I can't imagine how you could say that. How could you ever say that about my children? It was disgusting." It was out of bounds. And then when you finally saw it on TV, when you saw the flashback, that was your opportunity to say, I am so sorry. I can't believe I ever said that. And you never did. You never sent me a text. You never said sorry. Now, Andy said, Gina, Gina, I mean, sorry, Shannon, how do you feel watching back that flashback and seeing that you actually did say it? Shannon, she looks at Emily. I I was, I was floored. I I was in shock. I was you know,